0: Hi, I'm Vivian Marks, and this is Conversations with Scientists. Today's episode is with and about Hui Yang. Yang is a researcher at the Institute of Neuroscience at Shanghai Institutes for Biological Sciences, which is part of the Chinese Academy of Sciences. First, there's an important issue to get right out there. Hui Yang is a die-hard Manchester United fan and has been one since high school.
1: Yeah, I think I almost more than 10 years in my high school, I already be a fan.
0: He doesn't play soccer, but once a week he likes to play basketball with his buddies.
1: I play basketball not because in China we don't have many playgrounds for, <sighs> for football. Yeah.
0: Hu Yang works on ways to make gene editing better. With gene editing, labs can make targeted changes in the genome. CRISPR is the technique that might come to mind when you hear the word gene editing. And in drug screening, for example, Yang thinks CRISPR is a good choice. But potentially, for clinical applications, such as in cancer, when you edit genes in a patient's cells and infuse the cells back into the person to fight cancer, for these kinds of applications, he thinks base editing is more promising." In a new paper in Nature Methods, Hui Yang and his team present a new way to do base editing. Compared with other existing base editors, these new variants have fewer off-target changes and unwanted insertions and deletions, the researchers say. And they have a more narrow base editing
1: window. Most important thing, I think, is this base editor will get a good, high fidelity and also high efficiency.
0: Base editing changes a location in the genome, just as CRISPR does. Base editing uses some aspects of crispr cas base systems. What is different, though, is that there is no double-stranded break in base editing. It's a change in one of the two DNA strands. A base editor generally involves a rat cytidine deaminase called Apobec-1 that is fused to Cas9 nicase. The result, when you use it at the targeted site, is a conversion of cytosine to thymine. By converting a base in this way, a C is changed to a T. So what was a CG base pair in the genome becomes TA. What you need in gene editing is to avoid changes off target, elsewhere, and perhaps even far from the targeted spot in the genome. And you want to avoid bystander mutations. That's when cytosines near the targeted base are changed unintentionally. These bystander mutations can lead to unwanted effects. The path that Hui Yang and his team took was to engineer the deaminase. They took a structure-based approach. The team fused engineered deaminase with Cas9 and got better expression and localization in the nucleus.
1: Yeah, it's a structure based. Structure based because we think uh, it's DNA binding domain. DNA binding domain is important because deaminases the they have its own DNA binding domain binding single strand DNA. But uh, for base editor, for DNA binding is uh, the rule of Cas9. Not uh, we don't need the binding domain of deaminase.
0: The team focused on the DNA binding domain in the diaminase.
1: Many previous work already published uh, which I amino mean, acid uh, will affect uh, the DNA binding domain. So we choose some and uh, do just a screening name, well, to find uh, which one will affect the DNA binding but not affect the on-touch efficiency. So we to four further experiments, yeah.
0: Overall, the result led to base editors with fewer off-targets, fewer indels, high on-target efficiency, and a narrowed editing window. Young sees a lot of promise for these base editors for both DNA and RNA base editing.
1: Yeah, because the DNA binding domain oh, 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 almost uh, always uh, uh, cluster with the RNA binding domain. If you song song some, some amino acids is key for both some not just for so we get the song violence just uh, de- de- eliminate, eliminate DNA of tact but not RNA of target but some song violence will get the uh, immediate army of tact but not DNA of target and uh, so we combine it uh, we could eliminate both yeah.
0: It's still too early for clinical applications, but they are on their way. Yang and a former student founded a company called Hui Gene Therapeutics to explore how one might apply gene editing to human disease.
1: Yeah, we already did a group. W yeah. group also published the paper in Nature Biotech. They yes. also found that the YE1 best. Yeah, I think uh, in future, just... Uh, Uh, For for clinical application, I think uh, all the people will using this virus because it's safety and also get a high on-tax efficiency. One issue with gene editing
0: is getting things into the cell. The limit for loading onto viral vectors is around 4.5 kilobytes. His and other groups are working on these packaging issues. And separately, he and his team are also exploring coronaviruses and gene editing.
1: In our lab, we just uh, maybe cell culture Animal model is uh, RNA virus, similar to coronavirus, but uh, safe for people, not the coronavirus. Yes. Virus exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, I see. But we want, have, we want to get some help. Uh, to help. We, uh, we get some rule in coronavirus therapy, yeah, yeah.
0: He does not have a high-security lab, though, so they work with a virus that is not lethal the way the one that causes COVID-19 is. Hui Yang studied at Shanghai Jiao Tong University and then did his Ph.D. research at Shanghai Institute of Biochemistry and Cell Biology, focusing mainly on developmental biology. During a postdoctoral fellowship with Rudy Yanish at the Whitehead Institute, he shifted gears and worked on reprogramming stem cells and using gene editing to make targeted changes in the genomes of mice. In 2014, he was recruited back to China as part of the Youth Thousand Talents program.
1: Yeah, I think Rudi's lab, they have very good poster. They have very independent thinking and they communicate very, very easy in the same group or in the institute or whole campus. Because MIT campus, Whitehead Institute, and also Broad Institute, Koha uh, Institute, McGowan. there are many institute labs. Also um, a lot of companies, Novartis so or Belgium.
0: Hui Yang has modeled his lab after the Yenish lab and has an open-door policy for his lab members and enjoys when people communicate openly with one another.
1: I think we should establish a phenomenon. Everybody likes to have people. And uh, in the first three years, I work on hand, hands-on because I work with my students and the pastor and they grow up. And then freshman. freshmen, come in and they will also teach them. So we don't, I don't need to do the same work with step-by-step, they, they uh, replace me and uh, teach them how to do experiments, how to do design experiments. So we just uh, share with the ideas in currently, we just uh, share ideas.
0: He encourages his students to go abroad. He has had a student in his lab who is in a joint program with a Danish university, and he hopes that others from Europe or the Americas will come to his lab, too. Those plans have to take a backseat due to COVID-19. The labs at his institute have been reopened, but the university remains closed to students. But hopefully the situation will be over sometime soon. That was Conversations with Scientists. Today, with Dr. Hui Yang from the Institute of Neuroscience at Shanghai Institutes for Biological Sciences. I'm Vivian Marks. Thanks for listening.